Hey, yo, say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-top WCW champion. And you listen to s and Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SMS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Setro. The world is listening. Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus, what is Ethan Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash her. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive. Thrive to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa. Randy McWilliams. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> see ya. Go ahead, say something. And Ashley Richardson. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I knew we'd tear the fucking roof off. <laughs> Good evening, good morning, good whenever you're listening to us, whether it's on the stream or whether it's on archive. Welcome to the whole indie show. This is Ashley, and uh, join me as ever to traipse through all the info and quite, I will warn you, quite a lot of results. But hopefully, we'll get through them quicker this week because. No, not to kind of spoil the first segment, but there isn't a huge amount of news, but there's some interesting topics. But Sandro's here. How you doing, Sandro? Hello. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, now, one thing that we'll definitely start off with is uh, it was announced earlier this week, but I think it's worth mentioning now, even though it's relating to uh, a show we'll talk about in the third segment. Uh, former TNA talent Jesse Sorensen will be making his debut 
uh, this weekend's Glory by Honor show by wrestling Tommaso Ciampa, which I, I think is great for Jesse because of the way he kind of got shafted by TNA, in my opinion. And also, I, I'm also worried at the same time because uh, this is the guy that um, two weeks, three weeks, a month, yeah, four weeks before nearly broke Brian Cage's neck in a powerbomb. Yeah, and but... we all know what happened to Jesse. Oh, yeah, but that was an accident with uh, a PWG, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was what happened. Yeah, but, but I... there, it was all, it's always accidents, isn't it? That's the thing. It's uh, just, yeah. It was an accident that caused uh, Zima to injure Jesse, and it was an accident that... I think he was... I think it was only mild concussion, wasn't it? Eventually, as it eventually turned out, I think with Cage, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it was. But uh, yeah, I guess it's good for Jesse, you know, to get um, an opportunity with her and Warner. And I don't know if he's going to be one hundred percent because he had a pretty bad, uh, serious injury. And I, I hope that he's trained to the point that he can handle all the pain that he might go through this weekend. Is he um, looking at this? It got posted up, and apparently, word is that WWE is being cautious on signing smaller guys. Now, by smaller guys, do we actually mean in size, or do we mean indie stars? Uh, just the indie talent, more specifically. You know, like the average height guys. They're looking more yeah. for like over six feet, you know, tall. So. They say they have enough smaller guys, which I guess to the extent I would somewhat agree because, I mean, you look at the current talent in NXT, you know. Dare I say El Torito now. I think I think it's a bit of a shame that some of those good talents that we know throughout the independent scene who may not be like over six feet tall may not get an opportunity to get signed or even a you know a developmental deal with WWE, but I mean you never know. Maybe there's a chance that maybe maybe one or two people might get that shot. So I mean we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean with something like that, obviously that would kind of count out uh, Kylo Riley. Although to be quite honest, I don't think Riley at the minute would fit because his kind of deal is too relatively similar to Brian. At least in the technical standpoint, Brian does quite a bit of aerial stuff, but uh, which Kyle isn't known for. Well, I'm not sure how tall he would be, to be honest. But I mean, like for example, if they were to sign Kyle to the E, I, I think they would try to uh, change his style just a bit so he wouldn't be too similar to Brian. But that's yeah. just like an example, so. It's a it's a good point. It's it's kind of uh, I guess a sort of hidden veiled positive message to Davey Richards, though, given all the rumors circulating about him trying to find a place in one of the big companies. I will say that. Um, now there was an interesting thing posted up this past week from an indie talent, Jessica Havoc. Uh, she has a cousin called Isabel who's four years old and is autistic 
she's in her second year of school at the uh, Family Child Learning Center Integrated Preschool for Children with Autism. But due to funding cuts on the... I don't know what the DD board is. I don't know what that is. Um, but anyway, due to funding cuts, a lot of her schooling will have to come out of basically people's pockets. And so Jessica is reaching out to her fans to help, I guess, you know, do a, do an early Christmas present or whatever for uh, for her little cousin. So um, I don't. I think I'll post the the post uh, of the actual page where you can donate. I will uh, put up as of uh, when this goes up live and on archive this Friday. Uh, so far, it's at $320 on its $1,500 goal with about five weeks left. So, mm. it, you know, even if you can't give, just spread the word and um, that would be that would be cool. No, because yeah. in, in you know rest, wrestling fans have hearts, people. Uh, yeah, it's a nice thing that uh, Jessica is doing for you know her her family, and yeah, I mean if you want to donate, um, if it doesn't have to be a lot, it could, it could be small enough, but you know you're you're helping out uh, a good cause, so you know we'll definitely uh, set the link on the Facebook page once this uh, podcast is already out. Every every dollar counts. That's now. This is an interesting one that kind of, I guess, sort of caught me off guard. I didn't see coming. Um, this past uh, Monday, an official announcement was made that uh, David Marquez of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood announced that he and nine other pro wrestling promotions are coming together to form the United Wrestling Network. Uh, the existing companies that will uh, make up the you know, network will be uh, West, Cro- West Coast Wrestling Connection out of uh, Oregon, Ultra Championship Wrestling from Utah, Future Stars of Wrestling from Nevada, Championship Wrestling from Arizona Traditional Championship Wrestling TCW based out of Arkansas uh, Metro Pro Wrestling based out of Canvas River City Wrestling from Texas The New York Wrestling Connection You can guess where that's from, I'm not even telling you Uh, Canadian Wrestling's Elite from Manitoba, Canada And New England Championship Wrestling based out of Massachusetts Obviously, that also includes um, championship wrestling from Hollywood as well. So that's your 10. Uh, David Marquez then uh, continues saying, This collection of promoters is excited to build a new sanctioning body for pro wrestling. Our goal is to work within our local areas to create new talent, recognize a common united champion, and plus our broadcasts. Although the idea of a sanctioning body isn't new, United is being executed with fresh eyes, especially for the digital age. I know this is going to take time to launch and educate the public, but I'm positive the outcome will achieve our goals. Um, 
the interesting thing about this is the criteria for participating is there's no membership, franchise, or affiliate fees. All promotions basically must have a TV broadcast or agree to terms to produce a broadcast in order to participate. So, I'm um, just having a quick look. Ultra Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling, New England Championship Wrestling, Metro Pro, um, Canada's Wrestling Elite, and TCW all have existing broadcasts, so they will be included in the launch before the end of the year. And the rest will launch in 2014 as we help secure them an outlet in their local areas. Now... It's interesting, obviously, they want it to be television broadcast, but talking about how they want it to be executed in the fresh eyes, especially in the digital age. If, in my opinion, if this is successful enough, this trumps the NWA massively. This is an interesting... Uh idea that there these all of these promotions are trying to do now i think i've only heard maybe about maybe three or four of these promotions the rest i never even heard of kind of surprised there are half of those promotions on the west coast that you don't really hear from uh, period but it's interesting i'll say that now i guess the, the idea of having one title uh having the champion go to all these promotions, uh, that might be a, a bit tricky because I know back in the day in the NWA, they had to get all the promoters from all over the, the U.S. and around the world to decide who's going to be the champion and you know go to the different territories or countries to defend the belt. And uh, this could be uh, <laughs> quite a dilemma if that were to occur, but... Uh, I don't know if it's going to be successful, to be honest, because it's just all of these promotions come together. And I mean, unless you're going to have some sort of like, I guess, big super show, but I'm not sure that's even uh, possible to even make. But it is intriguing. And uh, let's hope for the best for this uh, new, um, I guess, this new concept that they're trying to do. Yeah, I you know I I have my doubts about whether it'll work in the first place, but I certainly wish them all the best. And if it does go well for them, then um, good on them. That's what I d definitely will say. Um, if you want to follow them and keep up to date with them, they've got a website, they've got a Twitter. Um, the links are on the article, which is up on our. Facebook page if you are interested in seeing basically what they're up to and everything now uh, Dragon Gate their November shows I think tickets have uh, just gone on sale earlier this week uh, is it the same venues as it was for was it last month's shows yes and I have more information on those shows I'll just quickly go through it. The, the Saturday show on the on November 16th will take place in the uh, Queensboro Elks Lodge. Bell time is at 8 p.m. On the Sunday show in Brooklyn, the 17th, it's at the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lyceum with a 7 p.m. bell time. I will go to that show 
Uh, ticket information has been released, which is a uh, one ticket price is a bit ridiculous, and I'm gonna leave that one for last. First row, <laughs> first row reserve is fifty dollars with a ten dollar merch credit. Second row, thirty-five dollars with a five-dollar merch credit. And uh, interesting thing, the uh, general mission is twenty bucks, but it also includes a five-dollar merch credit. So uh, that's kind of nice, right there. Now, the last price that was posted. Now, this is only for the uh, Sunday night show in Brooklyn. They have dubbed this the VIP fan experience balcony. And if you can believe this, the price for it is $75. What do you get for the $75? That's the question. Well, according to this uh, recent news um, email alert that they just sent on email so far, this is what it says. These are the best seats in the house with an incredible view of the ring. These tickets include an exclusive meet and greet where the wrestlers will actually come to your seat. A $10 merch credit is also included. I'm guessing this is the balcony where the wrestlers normally watch incognito when they're not in action. Well, actually, if you remember from the last Evolve show, the 24, that, that was the same area where Ricochet and AR Fox kind of fought for a bit. Mm-hmm. Right there, so... And wasn't that kind of... It's not the same venue, I think, where Icarus was, was it? No. No. No, that was well, in I just remember, that was like on a balcony as well. Yeah, but that's in my hand. This is in Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know. That price is a bit ridiculous to be. That's not yeah. worth $75, in my opinion. I, I don't... Me, I'm not sure about the $50 for the front row. That's... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I might agree with that. Maybe forty dollars. I I think I I could buy that. Forty, forty, thirty, twenty. But then I guess kinda... that obviously incorporates your merch credit. So yeah, sort of the same thing. Cause, so. Yeah, because I didn't get a merch credit when I got updated to like second row and the last show. So I'm pretty sure that the day of the show they haven't sold all the all the seats as far as like. The front section, so I'm pretty sure I might get upgraded to a second row once again, hopefully. With merch credit. <laughs> well, no, because you have merch credit anyway. Yeah. But bucks, yeah, but 75 bucks is completely ridiculous. I really don't see that area completely sold. I, maybe, well, I don't know if you can, but maybe one, one or two people might actually get that if they want, but that's a that's way too much, in my opinion, especially for some front row people might get transferred up to the VIP section. And then well, Sandro gets yeah. to the front row. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm not really sure if both of these shows are going to be live by pay per view. Uh, I haven't been in a, confirmed about this. But if it's going to be like a VOD only, I think there's a good chance it might be intermission. But at the same time, um, if the, if this were to be live by pay-per-views, I think there will still be an intermission. So you'll still get to interact with the talent regardless if you don't get that VIP experience thing. From now, what 
I heard, I think it's at least one show is definitely going to be iPay-Per-View, but there's no word on whether both of them are. Right. Yeah, because um, I think the one, the last of all show, the 24, the one I was that I was in in Brooklyn, uh, supposedly they didn't have good internet connection, so that one had to be like VOD only, so maybe there's a chance that it'll probably be the same for the next, uh, the, the other Sunday show. We'll have to wait and see. I'll just uh, quickly go over through the talent that have been confirmed, as well as a bit of an update on the talent. Uh, Johnny Gargano is going to be there, the Young Bucks, AR Fox, Ricochet, Rich Swan. Uh, some of the uh, returning talent from Dragon Japan, uh, Masaki Mochizuki, who I am personally uh, very happy that uh, he'll be here in New York and hopefully I'll get a chance to meet him. Also returning will be Geki Horaguchi, Jimmy Susubu. Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, John Davis, Anthony Neitz with Sue Young and Mr. A, Caleb Conley, the Verado Brothers, Andrew River, who I'm also excited to see in person, Mr. Touchdown, uh, Stephen Walters, I'm not sure who that is, on the Saturday shows, which will be in Queens, Biff Busick and Shane Strickland will only appear on the Saturday show. And Jigsaw will only appear on the Brooklyn show, which is the Sunday evening show. And more to be added at a later date. It certainly looks like a, a good lineup so far. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see uh, Bochi, Genki, and Susumu in person. I think they'll, they'll have a pretty good uh, solid match with uh, whoever they get put in the ring with. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. It'd certainly it'd be interesting to see who they get paired up with, but I guess we'll find out in about what it, three, four weeks, something like that. Yep. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It's three oh, weeks, I think. Uh, uh, before we continue, the also. Oh, Dragon Gate related, but this, this only affects Dragon Gate Japan. Uh, I said this, I think it was last week's podcast, I, I completely forgot, but uh, better an update on their next super show, or the next pay-per-view, which I believe is Gate of Destiny. It has been confirmed that that pay-per-view will also be an iPay-per-view, and it will be available on Ustream, on their Dragon Gate Ustream channel. You can pre-order the iPay-Per-View now, and it will cost you $25. And, of course, all that information is on our Facebook page. Yeah, that's... I think we ran through a few of the matches, I think, last week, and obviously we'll talk about it more next week with uh, it happening. I'm trying to think, is it... It's the third, isn't it? So that would be Saturday early hours of Sunday morning, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I'll try to get the the time difference ready. Now, something that I was looking forward to next week, but uh, my hopes have been dashed. Uh, The AIW Double Dare iPay-Per-View show was set to have Alison Kay taking on Soraya Knight for the uh, AIW women's title, but... That match has now been cancelled due to uh, Soraya Knight having to pull out. No reasons were given. Um, 
I've got. I know she's had shows. Obviously, the the WSU show, and she had a lot of Shimmer stuff this week. Obviously, we'll go through the results of that in a minute. But uh, the Femme Fatale show is that happening this week, Sandra? Yes, and it's a good thing you brought that up because Soraya was supposed to be on that show, and I believe she's supposed to be in the main event. But apparently she's also pulled out of that show as well. Uh, according to the Femi Fatale's uh, Twitter page, they had said that she's been pulled due to personal reasons. And maybe that's the same case here with AIW. I also was looking forward to seeing that match. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see that match at a later date. But uh, we don't know what's the actual reason. Uh, well, for now, we'll just go for personal reasons. And uh, hopefully uh, everything is fine with her uh, and I guess her family, if that's the case. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope, hope all is well, definitely. Um, so I'm just trying to think who they could have her face on, I guess, relatively short notice. I mean, there's well, quite AIW- a few talents to be free. Yeah, AIW posted their, their question of who should Allison face at the pay-per-view and, you know, several people have been throwing some some uh, competitors like Kimberly or any social or I think somebody threw out uh, Mia Yim after the recent uh, Girls' Night Out taping since uh, some of the girls were very successful on the show. So we'll probably find out probably by next week. If that's the case, but we'll, we'll definitely find out. Has anybody been crazy enough to say um, <laughs> Taylor Mays? No. no made in sin going head to head randomly for no reason. I don't think she. Re- I don't think she's wrestled for AIW to be honest. So, and plus she hasn't been active, which is kind of surprising. Although I think she did appear at the Shimmer tape, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. So, um, Sandra, is there any uh, other stories that I've uh, missed out that we should cover? Uh, that's all that I that I know. That's all the news I have. New, New Japan's having a quiet week. <laughs> well, I guess the good thing is that uh, the Young Bucks are, as of uh, I guess as as of you hear this now on Friday. They have already landed in Japan, and they're starting the tour with Japan. Yeah, I, I really want them to have a good time. Looking forward to uh, hearing about their super kick exploits. Uh, so, I guess with that, we will go into results. Uh, I'll start off with a couple of selected results from the NWA Houston show, uh, which happened last weekend. Uh, I guess to be some sort of like double package with the UFC show in Houston. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only reason I can think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the matches that did feature the New Japan talents, uh, we had uh, Gado and Takagi Watanabe from New Japan beat NWA Houston's Ryan Genesis and Scott Summers. Uh, the Killer Elite Squad of Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr. 
successfully retained their NWA tag titles, beating Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Jushin Thunder Liger. And in the main event, Rob Conway beat Byron Wilcott to retain the NWA world title. Is Conway supposed to be on the New Japan show next week? Um, Trying to remember. I don't think I saw his name on the lineup, but let me just quickly double check. Uh, As of now, uh, he's not booked for that show. Right. While I'm going through the rest of the results... I'm giving Sandro his obligatory cosplay warning for uh, the Shimmer results, which we'll leave to the end. Because there's some significant stuff there, and it's one story that I completely forgot about, but I'll mention at the end. Um, Revolution Pro Wrestling had their uprising show in Bethnal Green, London. Um, Which had on its card these matches and these results, I guess. Uh, started off with Paul Robinson, Will Ospreay, Chris Travis, and Martin Kirby beating Mark Haskins, the fake Al Ligero. What? <laughs> James Davis and Rob Lynch. Uh, Michael Elgin beat Noam Dar. Shay Samuels beat Doug Williams after a low blow behind the ref's back. Prince Devitt beat Ricochet to retain the Revolution Pro British Cruiserweight title in what's apparently an epic match. Please tell me, please tell me the British shows released these on DVD because I'm interested in that. Boy, you missed out. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was in London on. I'm trying to think. Saturday night. No trains leave London or anywhere after about eight o'clock at night from London, and I've already spent too much on hotel for the Eurogamer <laughs> trip. So. I'm kind of budgeted out. It's annoying. Um, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. beat Davey Richards. Uh, Andy Boy Simmons and Rampage Brown beat Colt Cabana and Grado. Um, after Simmons hit Cabana with Cabana's British heavyweight title. And then Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Marty Scroll uh, with the high fly flow in the main event. Then after the match, Scroll insulted Bret Hart at ringside. So Bret Hart put Scroll in the sharpshooter. And then Tanahashi celebrated with Bret Hart. That's pretty epic. <laughs> and uh, then they announced for their show in March, there'll be a special appearance from Ric Flair. Everybody, hide your alcohol. Sounds <laughs> um, like a solid show. It certainly, yeah, it certainly looks like a good card. I'll certainly say that. Something that I'm interested in catching on uh, DVD or whatever. Definitely. Next up, Prime Wrestling uh, and uh, Resolution 6, which apparently didn't have uh, Justin LaBar wrestle. What? Damn it. Um, Anyway, the show had uh, Ricky Shane Page beat Bobby Beverly. Uh, Josh Prohibition beat Nikki Valentino. Matt Cross beat... uh, Justice to win the Prime Wrestling TV title. The tag titles also changed hands as the handicapped heroes of Zach Gowan and Gregory Iron beat uh, Marion Fontaine and Jeremy Madrox 
to uh, get the belts. Uh, a four-way match saw Jason Gorey beat Vassar, Jimmy Jacobs, and Lewis Linden. Benny Boone, Nate Matson, and Bobby Shields beat Mark Andrews, Jay Flash, and Brian Cross. Then Johnny Gagano beat Paul London via submission, which means, of course, that uh, Gagano could challenge for the championship again. He, he, you know, he didn't lose, so he wouldn't miss out on ever getting a shot again. And then in the main event, Crimson beat Rhino to retain his prime championship title. But wait, twist ending. It's M. Night Shyamalan, people. Justin Labar then came out and then declared that Gagano gets a title shot against Crimson right then and there. And Johnny Gagano beats Crimson with a super kick to be the new prime wrestling champion. So I'm trying to think. He's now not only sort of Dragon Gate USA's champion. But he's also a champion in Prime, so congrats to him, definitely. And also, I Not guess, congrats champion. to everybody uh, that was in a title match, because they all won titles. <laughs> Every title changed hands. Next up, uh, PWX. And uh, this is it show. Apparently, uh, one of the sports anchors from Fox Sports News in Charlotte Local area was on uh, commentary now. I think his name is Bruce Snyder. Uh, over the carb, we had Zane Riley beat Lance Lude with a, a Vader bomb. Then Chase Brown comes out and says he's here to restore the name on the marquee and bring wrestling back. Makes an open challenge and is challenged by Andrew Everett. Andrew Everett then beats Chase Brown with a springboard shooting star press. Uh, Cole Matthews gets... An impressive debut, apparently, and beats Adam Page. Then, uh, afterwards, Corey Hollis came out to tell Adam Page to stop being such a nice guy because they're not that much different. And it's all about making money and not being a nice guy, but Page says, you know, it isn't worth it. Then, in the Dream Match series, uh, Cedric Alexander beat Rich Swan with a brain buster which means Cedric is still unbeaten in the series. Uh, then the ITV championship is uh, on the line. Mr. Elite Drew Meyer says he's used to the finer things and needs a belt that uh, looks as good as his face does on TV every week, so unveils a new belt and retains the belt after beating Sean Tempers with a fireman's carry into a bridging German suplex. Then in interesting match here by the looks of it. John Schuyler took on uh, Jake Manning, obviously former tag champs together, uh, with Steve Carino as ref. Uh, he then says he created the random draw tag tourney that crowned them champs, hoping that they'd get put aside their personal differences and had done so, they still would have been champs. Uh, Schuyler steals the win with a low blow and small package after... Carino takes a foreign object from Skylar, so clearly Skylar is the bad guy in this storyline now. Uh, PWX tag titles saw the worst-case scenario of Ethan Case and Elijah Evans, the fourth retain against the Bravados after Evans pinning Harlem with a roll-up and leverage from 
Uh, worst case scenario is representative Tommy Thomas. And then the main event saw Caleb Connolly retain the PWX title, pinning Corey Collis with a rolling cradle. Then Adam Page ran in, but hit Connolly with the belt. Then Zen Riley came out to try and make the save, but then Doc Gallows, as he's being called now, he's, combina- he's combining his two names. Is this like some sort of Transformers thing? I don't know. Uh, Doc Gallows came out, or came out and t- took out Zane Riley, and then Hollis leaves with the belt and says that the three are now country jacked. All I have to say is, not as good as Mount Rushmore. Um, anyway, that's my, that's my opinion. Um, wrestling is heart. Interesting one here. Um, in a re- starting off with a rematch from the last show, Estonian Thunder Frog beating Trip Cassidy. Oleg Usurper and the Brown Morning of Belarus beat the Pride of Indiana, Devon Bliss, and Chris Castle. Big Sue Jackson pinned Buck Boulder with uh, help from Trip Cassidy distracting Buck Boulder and left with Sue Jackson, apparently. Trip Cassidy did. Uh, Matt Russo made Juan Francisco de Coronado tap out. Uh, Billy Rock beat Eric Cannon. Joe Pittman retained his La Copperia Dolo after, over Dale Patrick's. And then the main event, Heidi Lovelace beat Eddie Kingston with the Heidi Conrano, and Kingston wasn't happy. And then nothing happened. Amazingly, this time, a bloody wrestling is company has managed to somehow survive. What the hell? This isn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to die, because everything's clearly supposed to die. In some sort yeah, of weird, but... perverted way. Yeah, but at the same time, this is their season finale, so we're not going to see them until well, maybe next year. True, but that doesn't, that doesn't hold off anybody. Um, so next up, AAW. And the, I guess the I, you can't really call it a double header, but I guess it's the the week, I guess. First show of the week, because obviously they're having the show this coming week, which we'll get to uh, in the third segment. Uh, the Hostile Intention show started off with the three remaining first round tag matches that had to take place uh, with uh, Kung Fu Manchu beating Team Defend UK. So that's uh, Lewis Linden and Marion Fontaine beating Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne. Uh, Alex Colon and Eddie Kingston beat Boz and Heidi Lovelace when Kingston pinned Heidi. So I guess that was sort of a tease the night before to what was reversed the next night. I don't know. And then Jimmy Jacobs and Silas Young beat ACH and Matt Cage. Which is an interesting uh, turn of events, obviously, because Cage and ACH is supposed to be... <clears throat> <clears throat> Not on the same page. Uh, then the Force Count Anywhere match. Marek Brave beat Christian Rose. Oh, no, sorry. Marek Brave and Christian Rose was a no contest. Really? It's a Force Count Anywhere match and it's a no contest. It's not the first time. Yeah, but I'm just leaving that there to hang in death. Then we had the uh, Truth Martini Inter- 
Invitational Battle Royale, uh, which had a whole load of people, but the final four in the match were Dan Lawrence, Marcus Crane, Knight Wagner, and Tony Rican. Uh, with the thanks of Truth Martini, Knight Wagner eliminated Tony Rican, and that means that now Knight Wagner has uh, Truth Martini as his manager. He's in the House of Truth, people. I guess, I guess it's a good thing. Yes, definitely. For different reasons. Uh, Shimmer Showcase, I guess you could call this. Uh, Soraya Knight, Natty Patera, and Jessica Havoc beat Mischief, Christina Von Erie, and Heidi Lovelace. Now, this is confusing to me. I'm trying to work out which is supposed to be the heel team and which is supposed to be the face team. Because practically, I've seen them always heels and faces in some shape or form in the last six to eight months. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I, I assume that uh, Misery and Lovelace are the baby faces and uh, the other three are healed. But it's kind of funny because you have uh, Jessica Havoc and Soraya Knight on the same team. Yeah. That's just kind of funny. After everything that happened, what, six nights before would it have been? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting situation. And the thing is, you have the Shine promotion, which is the sister promotion of Shimmer. So, so I don't know. I thought the, the two worlds would have collided, but apparently, in the Shimmer world, it doesn't exist. I guess not, unless unless they get there. Well, I don't know. We'll get to that the third segment because obviously, it, it kind of they do coexist of sorts. It's a parallel uh, universe. Well, is it? Is it really? Can can it be a parallel universe if Shimmer titles are defended on the Shine Show? Mm, good point. We'll see. But it- um, <laughs> in the second round of the Allegiance Tournament, the Monster Mafia beat the Kung Fu Manchu guys when Alexander hit a low blow on Linden. Mm. And then, I guess, possibly an upset, I don't know, but Jimmy Jacobs and Silas Young beat Kingston and Colon. Silas makes Kalon tap out. So uh, the Monster Mafia and the team of Jacobs and Young go on to the semifinals and finals at the end of November. Very interesting. Uh, then the main event saw Shane Hollister beat Eric Cannon with a package cradle suplex. And next, it's PWG. Yes, this isn't the, this isn't the big one that we're going in with. <laughs> in case you thought we would uh, Matt Rushmore it started off apparently they're now known as hashtag Matt Rushmore I guess I guess hashtag Nixon is uh, trending as well uh, Matt Rushmore crashed the opening and poured cans all over the ring and claimed go- global warming is a work what uh, then at the start of the night Excalibur then changes the Young Bucks match to a title match with Knox as the referee. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, Willie Mack and B-Boy then were in a tag match beating uh, Ray Rosas and uh, Avalon. Or, yeah, P- No, Avalon. Yeah, P.P. Avalon. Pretty Peter. Yeah. Or whatever his name was at uh, TNA last Sunday. <laughs> I completely forgot his name now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. 
PP Ray, I guess, lost out to uh, Mac and B Boy by a brain buster. Uh, <laughs> the brilliant thing is, PP Ray came out to the original Saturday Night Main Event music. And. Um, Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willie Mac and B Boy now are known as the realist N words in professional wrestling. That is awkward. I'm pretty sure. So, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that will make it to the DVD. Yeah, no, it will be on the DVD, but it's not like I can say it. No. Please, uh, please, please tell me Chuck Taylor was doing commentary on that match because that'd be awkward. Although, <laughs> although Chuck Taylor did say it in uh, one of his uh, old, uh, uh, the fuck was it, the uh, um, the Gentleman Club video, the early one. Oh, blimey. He said it in front of Uha Nation. <laughs> well, I guess if Vince can get away with it. <laughs> oh, he didn't get away with it. True. Um, uh, Kevin Steen beat ACH after the match. Oh, well, Kevin Steen beat ACH via package pole driver. After the match, Steen gave him another package pole driver and then another one. Oh, poor ACH. Um, the best friends of Trent and Chuck Taylor beat AR Fox and Rich Swan via the awful waffle on AR Fox. Uh, Drake Younger beat Nice, Chomper, and Cage in the four way with the Drake's landing on Chomper. Oh. And apparently, Drake did a moonsault and broke a lamp in the venue during one of the matches. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Drake and breaking light tubes oh, or light yeah. bulbs? Or something. I don't know. I want to see how uh, that happened. I, I want to see how that happened. I hope that makes it in the previews. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gagano beat Roderick Strong via the Gagano escape. Uh, the Young Bucks then did retain their belts against Candice Theray and Joey Ryan. Uh, with Candice and Joey coming out to what will be our song of the night this week. Mainly for basically Candice pulling an incredible double duty by getting to be on PWG and apparently stealing the show and then stealing the dark match at TNA Bound for Glory. Which, for those of you that didn't hear the TNA coverage, we might as well bring that up now. The indie talent matches that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Candice LeRae and uh, Vader Scott were on dark match duty. And then obviously... Michael Hutter, a.k.a. Ethan Carter the third, made his debut against, as we kind of previously mentioned, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon as somebody who was... I can't remember what name they gave him. I forgot to. I think it was Anthony Jobber. <clears throat> he looked really skinny on, on when he came out. I, I really did not recognize him. But uh, main event then uh, saw... Cole beat Kyle O'Reilly to retain thanks to Kevin Steen interfering. Q, a whole load of bullshit chants and the locker room coming out for the save and apparently the next show is going to be December the 21st so it's the Christmas Spectacular. I it's, told... it's going to have some sort of festive name, isn't it? Or maybe it's going to have another wacky name like uh, last year's show, which is Mystery Vortex. Although it didn't have a name until like the day of the show. So we'll see. But I told you, I told you Adam Cole was going to retain. Yeah. 
I've just got a feeling now whether you might have... Uh... See, I'm wondering now, because of all the interference, whether they're going to have a cage match. Well, there was a cage match in the same venue in Reseda back in... Uh, I want to say 2007, 2008, but I know that that, that cage match was involving uh, Chris Hero and uh, Human Tornado, which actually had... Um, Candice LeRae was involved in that storyline at that point. So maybe they, maybe a cage match could happen, but I'm thinking more of an eight-man elimination match. Yeah. There's certainly... I can see that, but all, all I'm thinking is if they do put a cage around it, it's going to be at Christmas. <laughs> Please don't tell me that you're going to call it like December to Dismember 2. And then in like paragraph under, you know, in um, not paragraph, but the brackets underneath, this cage match is going to be better than one WWE did in 06. Hmm. Or was it 05? I don't know. <clears throat> but um, I think with the time, I'm going to save the shimmer results for the second part. That would make sense. Because yeah, then it's 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 the second it's the second segment of women's wrestling because we'll also be reviewing Shine Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Ironic how we review it the week before Halloween. That that rhymed. Oh shit. Um, let's go to some commercials quick because I'm getting a little paranoid. Um, so we'll see you in a few minutes. SNS Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories. Basically, whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. All right, 
The time is now. Hey there, old school wrestling fans. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman here, reminding you to download the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. From WCW, ECW, WCCW. The cream of the crop. Back to the NWA, AWA, World Wrestling Federation, to now WWE, we cover it all. Famous Feuds, our 101 series, The Horseman Files, Old School Music, Greatest Managers, Tag Teams, Promos, you name it, Beyond the Bell covers it. Get stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine, right, jet flying, son of a gun. So tune in each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and go old school with Beyond the Bell. What you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania destroys you? Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. Every week on the SNS Radio Network. Enter a dimension of sight and of sound, of pro wrestling, of impact and smackdown. Every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, get in the zone right here on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, covering all things impact, all things smackdown. Tune in, but be warned, once you get in the zone, you can never get out. <laughs> how, how am I supposed to feel when everything surrounding me is nothing but a fake disguise? I don't know. I don't know where I belong It's time for me to carry on I'll say goodbye Welcome back to this week's Hole in the Show with Ashley and Sandro and finishing up the results it's shimmer time um just, just to clarify, just uh, as we are, which do we know for all the cosplay for Lever or just like a few? Um, judging from what I saw, I only know of two. I don't know what the other two were. Okay. 
Which two? <laughs> um, to be honest, um, first... I know what the cosplays were. I just don't know from what show it was. Like what? Okay, we'll leave the cosplay till the end then. <laughs> Considering it kind of ties into what's coming up this week and uh, the review and everything that we got. So uh, we'll start off with the sparkle tapings, which started off with uh, J.K. Kennedy, a.k.a. Jesse K. pinning Midian, uh, and Angie Sky beating Crazy Mary Dobson. So Shimmer 58 started with Portia Perez beating Thunder Kitty. Uh, Apparently after the match... Oh, but well, interestingly, she rammed her head into an exposed turnbuckle to get the win, and then Portia stole Thunder Kitty's ring jacket. <laughs> oh, Portia! <laughs> well, there, there's something that you forgot to mention, and oh yes, before everything, yeah, Allison Danger came out and informed that Iago Hamada was unable to attend. Sadly, I don't know why. Was was, was there any reports? Was it travel issues or? Not, not from what I know of, so I don't know what, what it could have been. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> next up on uh, 58, saw Santana Garrett beat Sassy Steffi with the Shining Star Press. Uh, Nevaeh attacked Santana after the match with uh, Savannah Summers making the save. So apparently the SNS Expresses also exist in Shimmer. You see, they're not parallel universes. Um. <laughs> Jessica Havoc beat Mary Lee Rose uh, with a sit-out chokeslam. Uh, Nikki Storm beat Sue Young with the Eye of the Storm. Mm. Mercedes Martinez beat uh, Vader Scott with a Fisherman Buster. Uh, then uh, Madison Eagles used the interviewer Amber Gertner to issue an open challenge on her behalf, which was accepted by Nicole Matthews, so that will be happening later on in the night. Mm. Uh Hikaru Shida beat Mia Yim with uh, a free count, as she calls it, but basically it's it's the running knee-style move that Brian does, I think. Uh, Kimberly and Cherry Bomb. Isn't that the Chicks Use Nasty Tactics team? Um, I don't remember. I don't think Cherry Bomb was with them. No, I don't think it was, no. No, I think it was somebody else. Yeah. But anyway, Kimberly and Cherry Bomb beat uh, Misery after Von Erie was pinned by Cherry after uh, co-breaker German suplex combo. It's then uh, announced that by uh, PWI's Dan Murphy, who is apparently in attendance, that Chili de Melissa is the number one in the PWI female 50, which tied into the music that you heard uh, coming out of the first break, which was... Uh, cheerleader melissa's theme we've probably used it before but i think it's only fair that we give some acknowledgement to her uh and the fact that she deserves it and the fact that she was massively abused as well she was a massively abused character wise anyway as risha saeed in um uh tna back in the day in my opinion because everything she's done since has been epic uh, during her acceptance speech, though, she did insult Regeneration X, which saw Lever come out, uh, the, which resulted in Melissa taking on Lever for the Shimmer Championship 
Melissa getting the win with the air raid crash. Melissa then continued the attack with two more air raid crashes and a cross arm breaker until Allison Danger came out to break it up. Uh, then cheerleader Melissa did go after Allison Danger before Lufisto cleared the ring. Then uh, Hiroyu Matsumoto beat Soraya Knight with a backdrop driver. Nicole Matthews and Madison Eagles, their match went to a 20-minute time limit draw, and instead of asking for five more minutes, they left the ring to- together, deciding that they were both, or declaring that they were both winners. Huh. An interesting feature. And then uh, 3G, the Global Green Gangsters of Kelly Skater and Tamaka Nakagawa, beat Lufisto and Kana to retain the Shimmer Tag Belts, uh, with Kana accidentally kicking Lufisto. Allowing 3G to get the double super kick for the win. So then we come to 50, show 59, starting with Thunder, Tick, Thunder Kitty uh, beating Miss Natural Heather Patera via a referee stoppage because of a sleeper hold. Wow. Then Von Eri won a four way involving, also involving Melanie Cruz, Soraya Knight, and Sue Young. Uh, Von Eri pinning Young. After Cruz had hit her with a tombstone pole driver, so a bit of a sneak victory, I guess you could call it. Nikki Storm beat Vader Scott. Uh, Sassy Steffi and Nevaeh beat Santana Garrett and Savannah Summers with a double Alabama slam on uh, Savannah. Then Portia Perez beat Mischief after ramming Mischief's head into another exposed turnbuckle following interference from Nicole Matthews. Uh... She came out wearing Thunder Kitty's ring jacket and then she also stole Mischief's gear as she left. Okay. Is, it... Is that a new gimmick now? She's stealing everybody else's like ring jackets. Nobody dares. St- oh, what was it? Didn't she have a plane? I'm trying to think. What was it she had last? What was she? What did she? Did she have on the Shine Show? Who, who are you talking about? Portia Perez, when she wrestled Havoc. No. She bought like a plane or something, didn't she? Oh, it was a paper plane. That's what are you thinking of? Uh, well, no, it was like it was a model, wasn't it? Yeah. It was some sort of like Airfix model or whatever, but, you know, it's just like, can somebody steal the Airfix model back? I don't know. <laughs> you can get revenge. Um, Kana made Kimberly tap out to uh, shoulder trap Fujiwara armbar. Jessica Havoc beat Lever with a sit out choke slam. Uh, Madison Eagles beat Mia Yim with the Hellbound. Um, apparently, Eagles loaded her kick pad with a fork and nailed Yim with a kick right before hitting her finisher. So, interesting that pretty much everybody is heel in Shimmer at the minute. <laughs> Uh, 3G beat Maiden Sin to retain the Shimmer Tag Belt. There it is. (laughs) Skater pinning uh, Alison K following the uh, 3G double kick. Now I'm just wondering whether they should go 4G and whether they're sponsored by Verizon. I don't know. Um, other Other network providers are available, I think. I don't know. Uh, Nicole Matthews beat Hikaru Shida after nailing her with Shida's kendo stick after the referee was knocked out by a Shida Niwa accident. Ref bump! Uh, then Lufisto beat Mercedes Martinez with a burning hammer. 
and Chile Melissa beat Hiroyo Matsumoto with the air raid crash to retain the shimmer belt. Then Melissa went after Matsumoto further after the belt. Lufisto again made the save, and they announced that Melissa would face Lufisto on volume 60. Speaking of, insert, I don't know, weird like the Batman logo spin. I don't think Shine does that. I don't, or, sorry, Shimmer. Um, so, Sparkle, the only dark match here, saw, or the Sparkle match, they say. We had Midian beat J.K. Kennedy with a schoolgirl. And we went straight into Shimmer 60, which started with Nikki Storm beating Heidi Lovelace. Uh, then Courtney rushed of it, delivering a pre-tape promo, declaring her support for the Global Green Gangsters. And then she turns heel on him like she did in Bellatrix. Uh, Mia Yim beat Melanie Cruz with a 450 splash. And then an Athena pre-tape promo shown where she promises her shoulder injury won't end her career and she will be back better than ever. Uh, then Kimberly and Cherry Bomb beat Crazy Mary Dobson and Mary Lee Rose. Rose being pinned uh, by Lee following a lung blower German suplex combo. Then Soraya Knight made Thunder Kitty tap out to the bridal rocking horse. And after the match, Soraya challenged Von Erie to a three stages of hell match. The first fall, pinfall only. The second fall, submission only. And the third fall, if needed, would be hardcore rules. Uh, then we had Kana defeat Allison K with a Kana lock tap out. Portia Perez then pinned Hiroyo Matsumoto after ramming her head into the exposed turnbuckle. Notice a trend here. Uh, she exposed two of them so she could use one while the ref was fixing the other. And then Portia stole the Gojira mask to go with Fun Kitty Mischief's kit. Kleptomania is running wild. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. I'm Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes Martinez beat Santana Garrett with a Fisherman Buster after Garrett missed the Shining Star Press. Mm. Uh, 3G beat Sassy Steffi and Nevaeh to retain the shag, the Shimmer Tag Belt. Uh, Nevaeh pinned by uh, Kelly Skater following the double kick finisher. Then Amber Gertner interviewed Lou Fisto backstage and says that she's fighting for Ellison Danger and everyone that Melissa has bullied. Hey, she's not a bully, she's a star. Madison Eagles then comes out and then she's an open, open challenge, which is answered by Jessica Havoc. <laughs> Holy crap. It's a rematch from Shine. Uh, I don't remember what number, but it's a rematch from Shine. Shine Epic. That's what that match was. That's all that matters. It was. <laughs> um, Madison Eagles getting the win over Havoc with this one, with the Hellbound. Uh-huh. Then Lisa Marie Varon made a surprise appearance. To pray Shimmer and its wrestlers, thank the Chicago fans and plug the after party at the Squared Circle. And there was no sign of Maria getting pissed about diet soda. Um, Hikaru Shida beat Nicole Matthews in a kendo stick match. Huh. After swinging the stick into Matthews' head and nailing the free count. And then afterwards, Eagles came out to mock Nicole. Hang on. So. <laughs> Eagles is Eagles does heelish stuff, and then the next thing she's face. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I know Havoc's supposed to be heel and shimmer, but the previous night she was very heelish. And I'm pretty sure Nicole. Well, and I'm pretty sure Nicole Matthews is not the face. 
Yes. Unless, I don't think Canadian ninjas are. Unless we missed something. I don't know. And then Chile de, well, uh, de Melissa in the main event beat Lufisto with an air raid crash to retain the shimmer belt. Melissa was bloodied above her left eye during the match. If you have seen the pictures, have we posted up the picture? No, we haven't. We'll have to post that up. But I saw it. Because it is a brutal hard cut. Yeah. It's, I say the gash is about an inch long. And it's deep. It's deep, people. Yeah, it is. Um, amazingly, despite the fact she's got that, she's still beating the crap out of Lufisto. But, uh,. Then Kana tried to come out to help Lufisto, but Melissa was then rescued by Mercedes Martinez. And then we come to the interesting point, which we might as well mention now. Because of that cut, she had to be taken to the emergency room, which means she couldn't be present or medically cleared to wrestle on Shimmer 61, which stops the record, I guess you could call it. You know, you you thought you thought um, twenty two appearances at WrestleMania was impressive for Undertaker. Chili de Melissa has been on every single Shimmer show since Shimmer won, which was I don't know, was that two thousand seven? Was it? No, it was back in two thousand five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, every single Shimmer event she's wrestled on, from one. Through to 60. 61, she does make an appearance, but she didn't wrestle. But I, I must say, that is an incredible streak. And shows you probably why cheerleader Melissa should be the Chimmer champion. In my humble opinion. And why she's number one in the world. Take that. AJ Lee, I guess. That's the only one I could come up with. It was like, who else is a woman in the mainstream stuff that can wrestle? And I was, I had to wait there for a while. It was getting, it was getting tough. Um, so Shima 61, Santana Garrett beat Nevea with the Shining Star Press. Jessica Havoc beat Crazy Mary Dobson with a sit-out chokeslam. Why is Jessica Havoc second on the card? That ain't, that ain't seem right. I don't know. Uh, Mia Yim beat Angie Sky with a 450 splash. Then, uh, Hiroyo Matsumoto came out and cut a promo saying that she can't go back to Japan without the Gojira mask. So she wants a rematch. Then Thunder Kitty beat Taylor Maid by a referee stoppage with a sleeper hold. So Taylor Maid did wrestle. Uh, Nicole Matthews beat Heidi Lovelace with the Vancouver Maneuver. Uh, Heidi apparently came out with a Madison's Eagle shirt and poured coffee on it. <laughs> She's Eddie Guerrero, people. I don't know. Uh, Leva beat Nikki Storm with a Pepsi plunge. Uh-oh. I, I automatically <laughs> want to see this now. CM Punk. CM Punk. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miss Chief beat Heather Patera with the obliteration. Then Hiroyo Matsumoto pimp Porsche Perez after ramming her head into exposed unbuckle and delivering the backdrop driver despite interference from Matthews. Eventually, the the turnbuckle bearing comes to fruition, and then not only did Matsumoto get her gear back, but so did Fundakee and Mischief. So kleptomania is over. 
at least for this uh, this set of shows. Then the Global Green Gangsters beat Kimberly and Cherry Bomb to retain the uh, Shimmer Tag Belts, with uh, Kimberly being pinned after the double superkick. Or whatever uh, the Young Bucks call it. <laughs> uh, Christina Von Eri then beat Soraya Knight in the three stages of Hell match. Which is interesting because the first four ended in a five-minute draw. So then how the shit is it a three stages of hell match if the first match is a draw? Okay, that makes no sense. Shimmer, mm-hmm. come on. Then the submission only put round went to Von Eri after making Soraya tap to a bow and arrow. And then with hardcore rules, Von Eri got that one as well after choking Soraya with a belt for the tap out. So I'm doing this like on golf terms. Uh, Christina Von Eri wins two and a half to Soraya Knight's half. And apparently uh, this match was a very bloody match, judging from the pictures that I saw. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised to be quite honest. Because we've, see, we've seen how hardcore Soraya got in WSU. And we know Von Eri can go very extreme because of her CZW stuff earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, next up saw Madison Eagles beat both Kana and Hikaru Shida in a freeway. Uh, Eagles pinning Shida with a hellbound. And then in a false count anywhere match, Mercedes Martinez beat Lufisto with a fisherman's buster onto a chair after Chile de Melissa uh, interfered and nailed Lufisto in the head with the shimmer belt. Mm. I guess there's your tease for Shimmer 62 and uh, upcoming shows next year. Well, so on the cosplay front, <laughs> well, just to make a comment about uh, Melissa and Lufisto, um, since Soraya Knight was pulled off, uh, she she is being replaced by Cheerleader and Melissa. And in that main event, I think it's um, Chilera, Melissa, and Mercedes Martinez taking on Lufisto, and I think her name is uh, Sweet Cherry, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I guess that feud continues uh, this weekend in uh, Femme Fatale. Okay. So, so, <laughs> you see, they do. it does coexist. There's no such thing as a parallel universe unless it's Shikara. Um... So, cosplay front, what what did you see the two attires that she had this weekend? One of them was kind of interesting, and I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, the one that I saw, she came out as Solid Snake from the Metal Gear franchise. Yes! Not only did she come out cosplaying as Snake, but there was the box involved. <laughs> the co- the cardboard box was actually, oh my god! This is this is like my quest in life to somehow get an interview with Lever on this show because <laughs> it's like she's video games, she's movies, she's indie wrestling. It's like that's me. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm using the line again, Jeff. I'm that guy. <laughs> and the second one, which. Actually, it took place uh, on the uh, 
I'm pretty sure it was on the 61. Yeah, on the 61 uh, volume, she cosplayed as, and get this, Han Solo. <laughs> and she also came out with a a stuffed animal Chewbacca. <laughs> a stuffed Chewie. Yes. Just... She came out with <laughs> she came out with the with the whole getup, including with the gun. Nice. <laughs> Did she shoot first? That's the question. I don't know, to be honest. So uh Next up, I guess we'll start with the uh, review. You. Oh, have you pronounce it? I don't know how to really work it out. The Shine 13 Unlucky for some or something. I don't know. But uh, it was an interesting start because um, I did notice Chastity Taylor say that there would be a lot of debuts of Shine Divas. Yeah. I, I know where you're going with that. That word. Yes. That word. Normally, if, normally if you're a diva, you're one of two things. You Either WWE or you're Liberace. Um, I don't think any of the women wrestling on this show are either. To be quite honest, I know some of them may have previously been on uh, TNA or WWE, but they're not now, and they're basically proving everybody wrong. So, all, all four of them being on uh, the indie scene—that's what I say. So, we started off with a four-way match with uh, Taylor Hendricks, Zandra Bayo, La Rosa Negra, and Sue Young. You see, I—I want to say this is a good match, but. It, I, I, I didn't get the time, but... It was short. This went quick. This went quick, quick, quick. Yes, it was. Because basically, it's like it just got started and we were just getting into it. And then Young gets her yellow fever just just hits it. It's like, really? Yeah, this was a really surprising way to... The way that the, the time lift went, went for the match. I mean, had it been at least... Five or six minutes at best. I think the only thing that I enjoyed about this match was how uh, Taylor was portraying in the match. Uh, pretty much portraying as a... Uh, how can I say this? I guess like a snob, pretty much. I think it was much like snob. this. Pretty much... Uh, yeah, I can kind of see your point there, definitely. Yeah, pretty much uh, showing how she's better than everybody. And uh, I think the most heat she got was saying how, you know, Boston's better than anywhere else in the United States. And uh, that didn't go over too well in the crowd there. But uh, I have to say, I thought uh, seeing uh, Sandra Bell, I thought she did, she looked pretty good. And for what she did for the amount of time they were given, I thought she came out pretty good in the ring. Yeah, I was certainly I certainly say agree with you there. And next up, we had uh, Nikki Rocks versus Leah Von Dutch, and 
yeah, this actually wasn't too bad of a, a match, to be quite honest. Uh, kind of good showing from both of them, really. Because I had, I, is this this is the debut for Leah, isn't it? In Shine, at least, anyway. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think she did a a pretty good uh, job on it, to be quite honest. But uh, Nikki Rocks did get the win with the um, Barbie Crusher. I'm guessing because they're probably. T- they seem to be teasing, obviously, the confrontation between um, her and Martinez, you know, ever since the whole birthday cake incident, which was, what was it, Shine 6, was it? Shine 7? Somewhere around there. Some, yeah, some point back earlier in the year. But, because uh, they've had good matches before, and, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I don't think... Is it set for this weekend? I can't remember. Um, I don't think it is off the top of my head. No. But, uh, yeah, it was It was actually... This is a, a good match because it didn't feel rushed. No, no, did it. Uh, actually, no, just to backtrack a bit, um, I think Leah had uh, shown up in the early shines, if I'm not mistaken. Because I remember seeing it in one of the early Shine shows. Yeah, okay. But anyways, I thought that was a pretty good match, a really good back and forth between the two uh, girls. I think one of my uh, the spots that I enjoyed was when, um, I don't know who pulled it off, but somebody did a, a small package pin, but then they were trying to reverse it, and then there was a sequence where they were pretty much rolling while they were both in the small package position around the rig, which I thought was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I thought um, Nikki, you know, she did great in the ring as always, and uh, pretty good performance by Leah. Yeah. I, I was certainly impressed by her, certainly. Next up, uh, the SNS Express of Sassy Steffi and Jesse Bell. I guess in bracket smothers, uh, taking on the American sweethearts of Amber O'Neill and Santana Garrett. Um, this this wasn't too bad of a thing. Um, the American sweethearts was good. Um, SNS didn't do too bad a job, but you can kind of you can kind of tell, kind of looking at it, American sweethearts work as a tag team. Steffi and Smothers not so much. Uh, you know, it's, I guess it's just the kind of they didn't have, I guess, the right sort of chemistry between them. If that makes sense, um, I I understand what you're going with here, and um, I kind of saw that as well because I, I I'm not really sure if they worked before in the past at other places, but it seems like there was some bit of um, I guess, miscommunication between Steffi and Jesse, but uh, they tried their best and. I guess it wouldn't be the last we see of them. But uh, basically the finish came when um, I think it was Jesse Bell hit a drop kick on on Amber, which led to Steffi hitting the kiss by Sass on Amber, and they got the win. Okay. So I'm getting distracted by uh, 
stuff that I've caught on Twitter from Lever. I'll, I'll give I'll give you details about it when uh, we get to the, probably the end of the section. But okay. yeah, <laughs> uh, did you? Sorry, because I was concentrating on that. Did you say the match finish? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Next up, uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Solo Darling. Again, sort of, you can tell, kind of. Oh, what's it called? What's a oh, what's a stable called? Isn't it? I can't remember. F. Daphne, yeah, oh yeah, Daphne's ass. That's it. The All Star Squad. Yes, <laughs> the, the All Star Squad uh, arguably got All Star squashed because practically, I think this was just a match to make Mercedes Martinez look strong. Because um, I'm just looking, um, looking at it and. It was a pretty good match, but you could tell basically the whole storyline is probably going to lead to the inevitable final battle between them. And then they'll never wrestle each other again. Just like AJ and Daniels never did. Except they did about 79 million times afterwards. Now, I'm trying to think. Because I saw it a few days back and a lot's happened in the last few days. For me to keep track on and everything, uh, and was was it just Daphne there for the All Star Squad? Yeah, Daphne was, was in the corner there as well. Well, here's what happened um, after the match. Uh, Mercedes uh, was about to give another brainbuster to Solo, but then Nicky Rock comes out to help out. But then all of a sudden, like Leah Von Dutch comes out, but then like. The, literally the next second after that, Kimberly comes out to attack Leah as uh, Leah is uh, escaping the ring. I don't know what happened to Mercedes. I think she she had left during this whole, I guess, schmaz here. And uh, I guess uh, Daphne, Solo, and uh, Nikki, they, you know, they thank Kimberly for coming out. And... Uh, uh, it kind of seems like they want Kimberly to join uh, Ass, I guess. That's what it seems like, but really bad. I don't know. When they all came in, it seems kind of like bad timing. Because, like, it just happened. Here comes here comes Nikki. Then here comes Leah. Then here comes Kimberly all of a sudden. Like, they didn't give enough time for, you know, as a break in between. Yeah, certainly. I see. Yeah, I see that definitely. Now, um, next up, uh, Nevaeh versus Lever. Lever cosplaying as the the Silent Hill nurses, I guess you could call it. Which, you know is a trend which may continue shall we say um but she did actually it it worked because she kind of kept character for so long in that i was like wow she should do mocap for if they do that you know silent well no because the silent hill games are normally crap now so she can't no don't get attached to that lever but uh, 
I guess the big thing that not many people saw coming is kind of, well, Nevaeh won with the backpack stunner, but Nevaeh then beat down on, I think, Lever and the, the other girls came to help her out, basically revealing that she's the N in SNS. So it was um, Sassy Steffi and Jesse Bell Smothers basically joining her and then uh, the American uh, the American sweethearts made the save which instantly then you know I I reported it last week on the results and whatever but uh, uh, the uh, it probably was teasing towards like a six woman tag match which I think is set for this weekend from what I remember, so it's the SNS Express versus. Um, you see, if it, if it was truly America's Sweethearts, we'd have somebody cosplayers like John Cusack, somebody cosplayers Julia Roberts, somebody cosplayers Dan. I can't remember who else was in that movie. Anyway, it was still it was a good match between the two. I'll certainly give it that. It's just kind of I don't really get this SNS Express because there's only one true SNS. <laughs> That's the one you're listening to. Uh, I thought this was a good match between Nevaeh and Leva Bates here. I I, I kind of enjoyed the uh, the cosplay that she was doing as the Summer Hill nurse. She was definitely uh, living the gimmick, as they say. Uh, I don't I didn't I didn't see anything uh, too special, but I thought the match was was fine regardless. Yeah, certainly. Uh, next up, <laughs> Nikki Storm versus Mia Yim. Blimey, that's all I can say about this. I think this is Nikki Storm's d- debut. I think, and to be quite honest, what a debut! Oh, I'm I'm so proud that um, she is um, she's British. Okay, probably when the Scots want their independence, she technically won't be British anymore. But technically, I've got Scottish heritage, so I've I've got I've got claims or something. I just the 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 showcase between these two was brilliant, action packed, everything. Um, I don't I don't know what happened with the four fifty. I'm not sure whether it was supposed to be how it was or because it, it didn't look right you know it didn't look splash-esque so all i will say yeah i want nikki storm for every woman's match ever now i uh, probably well you could see her if you get a chance but yeah uh <laughs> on my budget probably not it's just have to catch uh, high pay per views and whatever. I'll ask Carly to lend you money. I'm pretty sure he'll he'll do it. But anyways, uh, I thought this was a really great match. A really good back and forth between the two. And wow, this is a really pretty good solid match here. And of course, Nikki was uh, portrayed as the heel. Of course, not liking the the United States and uh, you know saying uh, you know. 
the UK is better and whatnot, but I guess that's their attention here. But yeah, uh, me Yim got look really good here, and you know hitting the finish with the 450 on Nikki. And I guess at some point during the match, I guess the top rope was very loose. I don't know what the hell happened, but it it, it was just very loose the, the top rope. I'm sorry, I'm now getting distracted again by what happened on Shimmer. Apparently, Lever or Solid Snake even had the bloody music sound effect from Metal Gear. This is just... (laughs) You know, it's even more mind-blowing. What? I was going to hope that would happen. uh, Then, um, next up on Shine 13, we had uh amazing kong and jessica havoc teaming up to take on allison k and ivelisse velez um this was a good match but kind of it got interesting because obviously kind of your and this is where the whole crossing of the universes that you think is happening can't happen because Allison Kay and Havoc want nothing to do with each other because of Midwest Militia. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, um, they refused to tag in when the other was in the ring. And then when on the chance that they were both legal in the match, they basically tried to tag straight back to their partners. Well, Well, just to clarify, I mean... Anytime Havoc was in the ring first, she had, like, no problems if she wanted to uh, wrestle Allison. But Allison was the one that pretty much refused to to fight Jessica. So I thought that was a really good uh, storytelling there. Uh, One thing I have to mention, though, (laughs) Amazing Kong still looks very uh, flashy in this match. So that's... uh, I'm not sure more of a hint of what she uh, wants to go. I'm not sure. But I, thought, I thought that was just interesting to point out. She's becoming Alyssa Flash. What? <laughs> but uh, uh, the match itself, I thought it was a, a good tag match here. Uh, pretty much even least doing pretty much all the work. I'm sorry to say that, but it's kind of true. But uh, basically the... Uh, finish came um, where Havoc was about to I think she was about to hit Elise and then uh, Allison K-, K came in hit a clothesline but she hits Havoc uh, and she notices she's like damn like, she kind of messed up but at this point uh, Elise uh, hits the double spin kick and uh, she gets the pin, and Valkyrie takes the victory here. And, of course, uh, you know, Allison was shocked uh, on what she did. You know, she felt bad. But a uh, good tag match here. And uh, when you think about it, you had a pretty strong team with just like Havoc and Amazing Kong. Uh, I'm not sure you could see that anywhere else. Yeah. So, main event. Ray defending her shine title against Angelina Love. And 
I'm trying to think, did they give any reason for April Hunter not being there, or was it that she was banned from ringside? I I don't recall them saying anything about it. Well, certainly April wasn't there, so basically Rain had to win on her own, and she tried to go dirty at major points, but... Uh, Basically, in the end, she went over clean. So, it's it's an interesting situation there, obviously, because then you're kind of teasing she doesn't need to be heel, really, because she's managing to beat them anyway without any sort of real assistance. Because it's both times she tried to use the leverage to try and get the win. The referee spotted it. But... Still a good match between the two of them, definitely. Um, it's it was it was definitely good. Uh, where it goes from here, as in who? I mean, not kind of revealing what the card is for Shine Fourteen, but at least on paper, you, it, there's no kind of obvious person that could fill the slot now to take on Rain. We'll tell you who anyway in the next segment, but they didn't really do a tease at the end, did they, like they did with uh, Angelina Love on the previous show? No, no, they didn't. Um, I thought that was an, another good, solid match between the two. Um, I, I did enjoy the fact that Rain, you know, tried to cheat when she had the chance, but of course, uh, either things didn't work out or she would get caught by the ref. But I did enjoy the fact that she got the pin cleanly. So I thought that was a good thing to add there. Uh, overall, uh, I, I thought this was a solid show. Um, I thought some of the matches could have been a, a bit longer or in some cases a bit better. But I still enjoyed the show overall. Uh, I'm going to give the show a B plus And match of the night. I got to give it to Nikki Storm and Mia Yim. I thought that match was really, really good. Definitely a match of the night. As a, I'll give a bonus match of the night, which is the uh, the semi-main event of uh, Havoc and Amazing Kong taking on the Valkyrie team. I thought that was a really good match as well. Uh, yeah, I think I guess the grade it. I'll probably give it a solid B. Certainly... Even actually, no, I'd give it a B plus. It it's certainly better than twelve was. We, you know, with all the issues twelve kind of seemed to have. Match of the night. I'd actually, I I kind of agree with your call on that, Sandro. You know, Yim and Storm was by far the best, but uh, certainly give credit to that tag match. It was a good one. Um, but. I kind of also want to give a shout out to uh, Nikki Rocks and Von Dutch because that that's kind of a sleeper one. That's a good match, but you know it wasn't anything. It wasn't match of the night, but it was certainly one that was definitely worth paying attention to. I will certainly say that. Uh, and just looking through somebody's Twitter reports for the Shimmer Show this past weekend. People were shouting Repo Woman at Porsche Press. 
<laughs> That's funny. Oh my word! Although I will say at the uh, at Shine Thirteen, the the fans were alive at this show than Shine Twelve. I'll say that. Yeah, that was another thing. I, I, I completely forgot about that mainly because um, she. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot about that because it was very just sometimes not doing a lot in all honesty but uh, overall there you go um, by the looks of it I don't think was Lever on the was Lever on the, the first show for, for Shim, was she on Shimmer 60 I can't remember yeah she was I'm trying to look at my details All I can see is that uh, uh, apparently the the cosplay she also did was the Ninth Doctor, which is you know just epic anyway. Mm. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's our review of Shine and all that went down Shimmer wise. When we come back, uh, we'll preview this weekend's action. We've got a Shine show this weekend. We've got AAW having an event. Um, we've got a couple of other shows. But we've also got a long-delayed email from uh, somebody that attended one of the shows that we talked about last week. So with that, uh, we'll see you in a few minutes for the final part of this week's Whole Indie Show here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. theories or ideas to brainstorm on the subject of pro wrestling that doesn't fit anywhere else? Do you like hearing about those same ideas on a public platform? Or do you just like hearing rants from someone on the West Coast? Then Running the Ropes is for you. 
Every week, join host Brian Maverick Bertrand as he covers the spectrum of professional wrestling in a controlled forum full of wrestling's biggest politics, conspiracies, and recaps from the biggest shows. So get in the ring and start running the ropes live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on the SNS Radio Network. everybody have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the sns radio network well just like the wwe tna and everyone else on the planet we're on twitter you can check out the entire network at sns radio network if you want to hit us up on unplugged at sns unplugged you can check out the whole indie show at T-W-I-S underscore podcast, the Elite Force podcast at E-F underscore podcast. You can check out my show at SNS Get In The Zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Bronx Father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. You can bark at the Trey Dog, at Trey on the Radio. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo, at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the Power Andy Knowles about The Miz, at the Power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and <coughs> politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ugh, stupid bird! part of this week's TWIS, because I can't be bothered to say whole indie show. Oh, wait, I just did. We're Ashley and Sandra. And a kind of an update to pretty much everything that we've been talking about for the three segments of sorts. Um, so Ryan Knight has posted up uh, on Twitter that basically the reason why she's pulled out of some of the shows is uh her husband uh ricky has been taken ill so 
she's uh, somebody's managed to book her an early flight on Saturday. So she will be doing the Shine show, but that will be her last show before she heads off to obviously uh, look after her husband. So uh, certainly myself and Sandro wish uh, the Knight family as well as uh, Soraya all the best and hope everything goes well for Ricky. Yes, uh, hopefully everything turns out all right, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, Ricky uh, uh, gets healthy and it gets be- gets better. Indeed. Uh, so, before we get into results, uh, sorry, previews, <laughs> I was trying, uh, we got an email pretty much... Um, as last week's episode was roughly going up, archived, uh, from Don Juan, talking about the uh, FWE show that he was at. Uh, He starts off by saying that the show was a great show from a car perspective, as uh, FWE never seems to fail to put together a great card for their shows, and the last three have been great, even just at looking at the card. The only negative is that they were back at St. Pat's in Brooklyn rather than the Elm Core Center in Queens. Due to the massive card and the crowd it attracted, when I tell you the place was packed, it doesn't even describe it. The space wasn't big enough, as it should have been, but apparently FWE did make it work. The pre-show was notable for its off-cam segment, which featured an appearance from Jeff Jarrett leading a happy birthday song to Karen, who was later named the commissioner, and then randomly gave a guitar shot to Jason Gotti of Diamond Inc. As for the matches, uh, Dreamer beat Carlito. Great hardcore-style match for both, with Carlito supplying most of the offense. Props to Carlito for working through an injury. Mm. Uh, Mordetsky beat Wes Draven. Not much here. Draven put on a bit of a show, but an easily one-sided match. Kendrick beat Joey Ryan, one of the best matches of the first round. Lots of back and forth action, with Kendrick being the overwhelming favourite. Ryan playing his gimmick up well. Nice beating London, uh, a very good match from the two great wrestlers. It showed off London's savvy, but showcased Nice as up and uncoming. And then London cut a tweener promo, giving Nice a Triborough shot. That would be an interesting rematch, Nice and London. Definitely. Uh, Petey Williams beating Sanjay Dutt. These guys never failed to put on a great match. They started the actual show card and really amped the place up. Petey coming out strong. Santi beating Titus. Originally supposed to be facing Bennett because the ROH issue changed all that. Santi Showboy is one of the better baby faces on the indie scene. With, uh, as we said in the results last week, Jarrett getting involved, restarting the match after a roll-up using tights. DiBiase Jr. beating Cabana. Shock of the night. I don't think anybody expected Ted to win, as we all kind of saw it as a one-off match. It wasn't great from an in-ring standpoint, but DiBiase showed no rust, and Cabana did this shtick. Seeing Cabana in live shows just shows how badly the E is falling with Santino. Yeah, but I don't think Cabana would put a sock on his fa- uh, on his hand. Cabana's hilarious, but can at least be taken seriously in the ring. So can Santino if he wasn't doing a stupid gimmick. I don't know. 
And then Morrison versus Morgan, or Morrison beating Morgan, sorry, not a great match. Can't say if it's because it was the hour was late or if it was Morrison, but his title match against Carlito at the last show wasn't awesome either. So take that as you will. Morgan is a beast. Television doesn't do his sides justice. And Pete ran after the match and laid out Morrison with a destroyer. And this is something that we didn't know. They, the second round matches are going to be that Morrison is going to be taking on Petey Williams. Tommy Dreamer will take on George Santee. Ted DiBiase Jr. will take on Chris Masters or Mordetsky, whatever you want to call him. And Tony Nese takes on Brian Kendrick. Uh-huh. Hmm. Then in the non-tournament action, Adrenaline Express retain the tag belts over the Young Bucks and Beretta and Bandido Jr. In what uh, Don calls it, Don basically calls it match of the night. It was non-stop action. The crowd was behind the Bucks like crazy. It ended with the Bucks pinning Beretta and Bandido and everyone thinking they won the belt until Adrenaline rolled up the Bucks to retain. And uh, everyone was shocked and chanted, you got screwed. So the Bucks are faces somewhere. Holy shit. This isn't right. <laughs> um, Angelina Love beating Serena Deeb and Chili to Melissa. Did, 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 he, did he not see the other one? Oh, he did. It's just the way it's written here. Uh, yeah, Angelina Love beating Deeb and Melissa Velez, Ivelisse Velez beating Casey Ray and Rosita, which will lead to a match between Ivelisse and, and Love for the number one contender's spot to Maria's title. Uh, Ivelisse continues to show that both TNA and WWE missed the boat, as she's great in the ring. Most of the match was actually between her and Rosita, who's also improving. The Love D Melissa match was the better of the two from a wrestling standpoint, as all three are accomplished. Deeb looked great and easily could have won the match herself. Great spots. Uh, a triple submission happened in the Love Deeb Melissa match. And there was also a fancy top rope spot in the Ivelisse Ray and Rosita match. Once again, he closes off by saying a great card, great in reaction, great setup to the second round. The tag team match was molten, in my opinion. Uh, FW is firmly entrenched as the number one indie fed in New York City. Mm. And seems just as over as when Ring of Honor really seemed to be the name on everybody's tongue in the New York City market. <laughs> Three words Dragon Gate USA. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I would agree as far as like FWE because like they've been like a well, granted, they only have this is like the third show this year, which is a bit suspicious. But because they used to run frequent shows, and now it's just rare shows all of a sudden. But I think they draw a really good crowd. I think that's why they got a good fan base going on. So to the extent, I would agree. But it's kind of not a fair description, though, because they've had the same amount of shows as Kaiju Big Bell. Mm. I think. Have Kaiju had three, or have they had four? Uh, if Kaiju's had more, that's funny. <laughs> this one coming up is going to be three. <laughs> well, they had WrestleCon. Yeah. Was there one before it, or not? No. Okay. Uh, he again closes the email by saying, uh, I'm going to IWC tonight. 
Uh, it probably isn't the internet wrestling community. Isn't that international wrestling cartel? No, it's uh, Impact Championship Wrestling, I think. Okay. That's nothing to do with TNA. IWC tonight, which will feature the Bucks in triple tag action. Santi against Papadon and Homicide defending his IWC title. X-Pac Sean Walton will also be making an appearance. I'll send you some news on it late tonight. And then in brackets, I promise. Well, that should happen last week, so... Well, the email was sent last week. Exactly, that should happen last week. And, the, and I'll send some news on it late tonight, in brackets, I promise. Um, Don, you're breaking promises left, right, and center, people. <laughs> Jeez. Come on. You sent it from your iPhone. Why are you sending emails from your iPhone? This is ridiculous. You send text messages on an iPhone. You do Facebook messages. You don't do emails. You do an email. Get a laptop. Get a tablet. It's actually much easier. <laughs> it's, it's a bigger bloody keyboard. You can actually press keys. It's not like... You know, you get carpal thumb or whatever it is. Like you get if you play too much on bloody video games consoles. You know, you get your calluses and all that. I don't know. Also, I will do a shout out to Anthony. Because I know this weekend, he probably won't have downloaded this by the time the show happens. He might have, I don't know. But I know that there is a Fighting Spirit Pro wrestling event this Friday which he is, I believe, attending. So feel free to either email or put a post on um, Whole Indies Facebook page with uh, news on what happened with that, you know, and what what you liked, disliked about it. I want to hear. Because, you know, I actually want to hear from anybody. I'm saying this now because, you know, this is the first kind of, I can't say human contact, but it's kind of the the first kind of interaction we've had with you listeners in about a month. And I want you people to be more about it. If you've seen a show, feel free to tell us because we'll we'll tell everybody. I'm I'm saying that and I'm, I'm not lying. It's just. If you people can't send it in, I can't get your thoughts out. I can't speak for all you people. You know, if you think bloody... If you think... um, I'm trying to think. If you... If you don't like what happens on Shine 14, whereas we do, tell us. We'll put your opinion out. You know, we may not agree with it, but we'll certainly accept, you know... We'll see your viewpoint and we'll take it into consideration. We're not just going to ignore it. It's all about you. That was the whole idea of trying to do this show. So I guess that's my monthly rant for people not communicating with us very much. (laughs) I don't know. I know that Chris Husk will be listening. So yes, certainly on my front, I have no problem with you doing at least me as a creator wrestler in WWE 2K14. I don't know about Sandro. Sandro, do you want to be a core in his WWE 2K roster? I don't mind. 
you can team up with Alison Kay. There you go, Chris Cosk. That's, that's 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 a challenge. I want him and Alison Kay in like a tag team. Taking on me and yeah, taking on me and Lever. That's that's the old. I I want that done by the end of the year, Husk. <laughs> I would actually like to see that. Sandra would probably win. Anyway, ah, uh, I just wanted to do that because I wanted to get. I wanted to make it a bit more fun rather than the same structure every week. Because, uh, as ever, it's uh, preview time to close. Four shows this week to talk about Carboys. Anyway, starting off with uh, Southside Wrestling in the UK, having their third anniversary show in St. Neot, at the Priory Centre on the High Street. Uh, doors opening at 4.45 UK time for a 5.30 uh, bell time. Obviously, everybody in the UK remember the clocks are going backwards. In some sort of time warp. I don't know. Uh, on the card, we've got, for the first time ever, Madman Manson taking on Douglas Williams. Uh, a Speed King number one contenders matches, MK McKinnon takes on Johnny Storm, Jimmy Havoc, and Robbie X in a four-way. The Southsiders tag team titles on the line in a triple threat tag as the Predators defend against the Bangra Knights and the Hunter Brothers. Uh, the Southside heavyweight title is on the line in another triple threat match as Styx takes on uh, Max Angelus and Mark Haskins. Um, I don't know whether that's a vacated title or not. I'm not sure. Uh, an international dream match as Tommy End will take on Davy Richards. And in an unsanctioned steel cage match, the ego dragon of Martin Kirby takes on El Liguero. And no, this isn't a fake El Liguero this time. I still don't get that. Um, next up, Ring of Honor. Having their glory by honor of show at the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I don't believe this is on pay-per-view this time, nor is it on VOD, because I believe the implication is, if I'm right, Sandro, that they're showing this pay-per-view style event on television for the next three weeks. Uh, apparently so, but there is a possibility that this could be on the VOD eventually. They, it was never really made clear, but... Well, considering how last minute they made the announcement for the free pay-per-view for Death Before Dishonor. That is true, but... Keep an eye on our Facebook page if anything does happen with that. I don't know. Uh, but certainly... There's going to be a special meet and greet autograph session prior to the show with uh, Lisa Marie Veron, aka Tara, aka get the chance to be involved in a storyline segment with her and Maria, because it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, then on the card, we've got Tommaso Ciampa taking on Jesse Sowenson, as I previously mentioned. Uh, Outlaw Inc. in a tag team challenge match taking on Adrenaline Rush. Match four of Jimmy Jacobs' trial series. He'll be taking on Adam Page. Uh, Mark Briscoe and Silas Young in a grudge match. 
Paul London will take on Roderick Strong in a special challenge match. And then it's the Battle of the Pile Drivers as Kevin Steen takes on Michael Bennett with Maria in Bennett's corner. Steen, you never know. You've already heard what Sandro thinks about that last week. We're not talking about it any further because, you know, anything that somehow tries to legitimize the um, soda in a storyline is stupid. Hot coffee, yes, makes loads of sense. But anyway. Um, the main event is an interesting one. Two-hour time limit, and it's a Champions v. All-Stars eight-man tag team elimination. So the world champion, Adam Cole, the tag champs of Red Dragon, Fish and O'Reilly, and the TV champ, Matt Taven, probably with Hoopla Hotties. Please. <laughs> it's in Chicago, so... Yeah. Could be taking your pants off, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we'll be taking on Unbreakable Michael Elgin, Jay Lethal, and the CNC Wrestle Factory of Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. And then the interesting thing is, if any of the four All-Stars pins the world champion, they will get a future title match. So the question is... Could they go Cole Elgin or Cole Lethal at final battle? Unless of, have they got a show in November? Um, the the match didn't happen with uh, Cole and Steen, right? At the house show. I think so. Okay. So, yeah, I guess, but at the same time, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Jay Briscoe posted a photo of uh, his doctor saying that he is now medically clear to wrestle. So now you throw that into the mix. Is there another show, though, between now and Final Battle for Um, Ring of Honor? I'm pretty sure there is, just the regular house shows. So you could see... Maybe there might be a three-way between Cole, Elgin, and Briscoe. Well, somehow they both managed to double pin him. No, uh, you have Elgin, I guess, pinning Cole, and then you have Jay Briscoe saying, uh, you know, I never lost the belt. I was injured, blah, blah, blah. Nigel gives in. It's like, okay, the three-way dance, that final battle. Trying to think, have we had a three-way dance before? I think the only wasn't it a few years back, Tyler Black and um, somebody wasn't that a triple threat at final battle? Can't remember. That's happened before. So, I mean, that's the way I see it happening. Yeah, no, I can certainly see that. Um, next up, AAW. War is coming. It's best to know. On uh, on Bourbon Street. So I don't know how far down that is. Um, it's practically Chicago AW, isn't it? Marionette Park. Should be nearby. Shouldn't be that far. Yeah, so uh, that's the night before anyway. But uh, yeah, doors open at 7 for a 7.30 bell time. Uh, tickets are $15 for general admission. Then you've got front row, 
$25 with early entry. And then, and this is where AAW knows how to do VIP stuff. You've got the VIP balcony for $25. So the same price as front row. But also because you're on the balcony, you get a you dedicated server from the bar. And if you want to be on the stage, you can sit up there for only $30 and also get the early entry and also the server from the bar. Take note, Gabe Sapolsky. <laughs> that is how you do it. That is how you do it. Um, and then apparently as well... Uh, there's going to be, during the intermission, a special meet and group with Honky Tonk Man. Cue random silence. <laughs> exactly. Some, yeah. It's $15 apparently an autograph, $15 per photo. But interestingly, if you want a photo autographed, it's only 20 So even he's doing crazy deals. Even, why you'd want to pick them up, I'm personally not entirely sure. But I don't know yeah. either. <laughs> Uh, not many matches properly confirmed on this one. Just the, um, by the looks of it, it's all tag matches. I'm guessing there's going to be more on it. But we've got uh, Gagano and Taylor teaming up to take on, well, it's going to be, basically it's Fist versus CNC Wrestle Factory. Uh, Dan Lawrence and Marcus Crane taking on Yuntai Miller and Prince Ali. Zero Gravity versus Keith Walker and Lamar Titan. And Granakuma and Drew Gulak taking on the Irish Airborne. The four winners will face each other. I can't remember what the draw is. But um, they'll face each other until there's two teams left. And then you've got your final four for the Windy City Showdown at the end of November. Which I think is our pay-per-view, isn't it? No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> AEW doesn't do our pay-per-views. I heard some. I I can't remember if I heard rumors about that. I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be the, at least the their last big show normally. Well, they normally do one at Christmas ish, so it'll be the culmination of a tag tournament anyway. But we're also this could be an interesting match. The AAW Heavyweight Title on the line. Shane Hollister defending against Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be that's a, gonna be a brawl. Yeah, that's gonna be a real challenge for Hollister. Scarlet Bordeaux would get get out of the way, quick. Oh well, then, if you saw the uh, the the promo that Eddie Kingston uh, put uh, for his match, he kind of sends a message to Scarlet. That's all I'm gonna say. Gonna quick look through. Um, yeah, by the looks of it, Ring of Honor's got. Um, a show coming up in oh, Cincinnati next Saturday and then a few weeks after a double header in Michigan and Columbus okay so the Cincinnati show that's the match with uh, Steen and Cole yeah and then final battles on oh December the 14th that's a little Earlier than it normally is, isn't it? Yeah, usually it is. Uh, oh, I guess they can't do it twenty first. Oh, it's Saturday. I guess that's the difference as well. Yeah. And then the t- TV taping from Nashville, Tennessee. Take note, Dixie. Um, 
Anyway, uh, sh- final one to go through this week. Shine 14, this Friday, 9pm uh, bell time at the Orpheum in Ebor City, Florida. You should know that because that's where every Shine show is going to be. Uh, on the card, we've got Sue Young versus Solo Darling with Daphne. Uh, Lever, who is going to be cosplaying as a pyramid head from Silent Hill. If she wrestles in that, that's going to be... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she's teaming up with the American Sweethearts of Santana and Amber O'Neill to take on the SNS Express of Jesse Bell Smothers, Nevaeh, and Sassy Steffi. Mercedes Martinez will take on Kimberly. What? So I guess we're now going to be talking. Yeah. I guess Kimberly is. I guess Kimberly is now part of an ass with her thing. That sounds so wrong, but in context, it makes perfect sense. Uh, and then three. Okay, I've just looked at this, and yeah, we've got three damn good international matches here. First up, Amazing Kong versus Madison Eagles. Check. Uh, second one, Shana versus Mia Yim versus Savannah Summers. Check. And then randomly, right at the end, they tuck in Nikki Storm versus Nikki Rocks. What? At least with the last one, we can say Nikki wins. It's like Kimberly. Yes. Back in the day. No matter, Nikki wins. Yes, no matter what, Nikki wins. Um, then we've got last woman standing, Jessica Havoc versus Soraya Knight. Yes. If that's... that's four matches already that look brilliant. Actually, with Mercedes and Kimberly, this is a, this is the strongest card I think Shine's had in ever. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, then we've got the Shimmer Tag Belts on the line as 3G defend against Valkyrie. Alison Kay and Eva Lease. I sense we could have a title change there. In which case, there's definitely not parallel universe. Um, and then in the Shine Championship match, Rain will defend against Hiroyo Matsumoto. I'm honestly thinking there isn't going to be a title change there. Something's going to happen. But Rain's going to drop the belt by the end of the year, I'm thinking. Considering she is apparently retiring by the end of the year. So, those of you can't make it to um, Ebor City, the show is on pay per view. Considering the card, I'd recommend you get it because I'm guessing it's only $15, isn't it? Uh... Price wise. Probably. They usually have those three price options that we don't see. Actually, by the time you're listening, it could be 20. Oh, yeah, true. Annoyingly, I can't tell you the price because they only put the price up when you actually want to buy it. I think. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, with that, I think that's everything we've got to cover for this week. So, uh, check out all the other shows here on the network. So, live-wise, Tuesday, you've got uh, SNS Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx. Uh, Tuesdays at 9 Eastern. 
I must say, great set of interviews, guys, with uh, Brian Williams and Jesse Ventura this past week. If you haven't checked them out, go check the archive. You'll seriously enjoy them both. Um, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, you got Running the Ropes with uh, Brian Maverick Bertrand. Fridays at 10 Eastern, you've got Get in the Zone with Bronx covering your TNA and SmackDown stuff. And then this Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown with uh, Jeff, Shark, possibly appearance from Harmony, you never know, but uh, Bronx as well, covering the WWE Hell in a Cell coverage. Because it will be hell. It will be in a cell because R-Truth said so. Well, no. Podcast-wise, um, we've got, other than us, my new show, which debuted uh, SNS Sticks and Flicks for all your video game and like movie entertainment news. Check that out if you're into that. Um, the Elite Force podcast, the midweek edition with Chuck W and the weekend edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. Um... Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Uh, is that everything? That's it. That's everything. Sorry. Now with my own show, it's like I'm kind of losing track of... Have we mentioned everyone? <laughs> anyway, um, Sandro, how can people get social with us? Well, there are many different ways. Well, not really, just two ways. Well, I say three ways, I guess. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the whole indie show. You can also follow us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, or you enter your local independent show, you want to, you know, just send your thoughts on it, that's fine. Send an email to whole indie at snsradionetwork.com we are on iTunes Uh, just search um, the whole indie show on iTunes and you'll find us there leave us a rating and uh, leave your feedback there as well and also just uh, you know uh, if you know any people that follow independent wrestling definitely uh, mention our podcast we love to get new listeners yeah, point them our way. You know, event. You know, at the end of the year, we might do like a list of, uh, I guess, Pete. You know, indie people that are following us that you should be following as well. And then it's some. It's like it's like sub for sub, except I only do it once a year because I feel that I feel kind. Because <laughs> normally I hate sub for sub because it's a random act of kindness, people. <laughs> so. Any last words, Sandro, before we head out? Uh, no, just uh, another another show done here. Uh, definitely surprising news that happened during the show. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to see what happens on the Shine show for next week. We'll talk about that as far as results go. Oh, and uh, before we go, uh, I guess we can mention it now for next week's review uh, where we will review the last New Japan I pay per view, and that is uh, this month's K 
King of Pro Wrestling pay-per-view show. We're going to review that and give our thoughts on that. So if you see that show, you want to give your feedback on it, uh, either uh, just send us an email for probably a better convenience. I'll definitely make a post about it on Tuesday night. You can leave your feedback there if you want. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've heard quite a lot of people talk about that. And I, if they have seen it, I'm pretty sure it's probably available on, you know, Emotional Daily. If I'm using the correct code name. Emotional Daily or something. But uh, with that, this was Ashley, that was Sandro. And all of this you've heard is your weekly slice of indie goodness. The song goes out to Candice LeRae because she's had one hell of a week. And it's the entrance music to PWG, which isn't going to be on the DVD for copyright reasons. The darkness is, I believe, in a thing called love. So have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next time.
so wrong.